From Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, I'm John Bomarito. Welcome to another Acoustic Alternatives podcast. Grove Studios, a fine host for, oh gosh, going on two and a half-ish years now. They introduced me to the idea of doing a podcast here, and every time I have a guest in, I show them around and show, check this place out. This is a pretty cool place to practice. In fact, our guest today lives in Ypsilanti, if I'm not correct. That's right. And this is a convenient spot that uh, perhaps her band, The Big Beautiful, could practice one day. I can see it. I can see it now. <laughs> Misty Lynn Bergeron. Bergeron. I screwed it up already. Bergeron. You got it. Bergeron. I got it right. Yeah. want to get go. it right, Misty Lynn. Are you going to try it again? Sure, why not? Misty Lynn Bergeron is here to talk about her new album, Narrows, and her uh, life experiences. So welcome to the podcast. I know it took us a little bit to get this going, but I'm glad we're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. We we were trying to do it as a precursor to your show at the Ark, um, yeah. but life got a little busy. Yeah, it's a busy time leading up to a, a to a record celebration. Yeah, so, yeah. And then there was a birthday celebration at the and same a, time. And I, and I had a birthday. I'm still here. Yeah. And then you got sick. And then I got sick. Got hurt. <laughs> and you got hurt. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a time, you know. But we're good. I'm here. Well, I'm we glad. I'm glad you're here. Narrows has been getting some uh, really fantastic reviews, and we're going to talk about the record. We're going to talk about your life. You've got your guitar with you. I do. And we're going to do a song first, though. I'm not going to do a song. You're oh, going to play one first. Okay. Yeah, well, I want people to stick around. Yeah, all right. We don't want to bore them all with right. conversation right Let's away. Let's hope that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what song from the album would you like to do? Oh, um, you know, it's funny that you say from the album, because I'll do the one from the album first, but I'm really feeling like doing a couple new ones oh, over here, too, great. if you don't mind. Not at all. All right. This one is um, a song that I wrote. Uh, after it was like I was in a really bad car accident some years ago and you'd think something like that would inspire maybe a lot of songs but it only inspired this one so it's interesting maybe I haven't processed it all yet but it's about uh, how it's hard to receive love sometimes even when you know especially when you're in the most vulnerable state it's called hard to hear Place there was empty 
grace I came back to face myself again it was love 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 it was love 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 ain't it hard to hear the truth sometimes it was love 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 it was love 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 man it's hard to hear track uh, narrows the new release from Misty Lynn and the Big Beautiful. It's called Hard to Hear on Acoustic Alternatives. My guest, Misty Lynn of the Big Beautiful and here to talk about uh, stuff. Yay. Yay, we're finally doing it. Finally doing it. <laughs> so tell me about where you grew up and a little bit about you oh. as a child. As a child, I grew up in a small town, mostly. Uh, it was born in Garden City on the over on the east side, but um, did most of my growing up in Pinckney, small town. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't musical growing up. I was in choir, but, uh, was more of a, of an athlete. Yeah. And then I went to, uh, MSU and met someone who, um, introduced me to a lot of music I'd never heard before. It was like kind of mostly alt country, like back in the Wilco whiskey town days. Mm -hmm. And I'd never heard anything like it before. So that's where I kind of fell in love with like this new sound and I started to wonder if I could maybe um I don't know I like I I, something told me that I was gonna write songs even though I had never done it before it was like this weird knowing that I I'd go to a concert and see someone on stage and I'd feel like I was on the wrong side you know like it was this weird feeling nice so um I'm fast forwarding to college because 
because that's when the music started. You know, I've always loved music, and I like would get deeply attached to songs and artists. But I didn't get a guitar till I was um, in my super senior year in college, and and that's when I started writing. <laughs> it can happen that way, apparently, because it has. Crazy. Took me a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're there, and people. Um go see your shows and buy your records and yeah. it, it worked out okay. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, what if it's I had met miracle. you What if I had met you as a 15-year-old girl? What, what would you have thought you were going to be doing at this age? Oh, man. You know, it's funny that you asked that because I've recently kind of discovered I've never thought about the future. I'm always kind of like I can when I when you ask me like what I what are you going to do in 5 years? Like, I hate it's that just question. Never been. Yeah, I just can't. It's like a black void yeah. pops up in my head. I'm like, whatever the universe, wherever they, wherever it puts me, that's yeah. what I'm doing. You know, I just kind of feel open in in the moment and let let life take me where I'm supposed to go. So, um, when I was 15, same thing. I had I had a tumultuous childhood, and uh, so my focus was kind of like survival and get out of the house. Yeah, if they let me. Yeah. I get yeah. you. Okay, yeah. so there wasn't like a, when I grew up, I want to be a X, Y, Z type thing. No, never. You were just living day to day and yeah. school to school and you yeah. pretty sure you were going to go to college because everyone did? Yeah, that's, it's, yeah, well, I was, it was pretty sure, yeah, because everybody was telling me that's what you do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, which looking back, I'm like, what the, <laughs> really? Thanks for the debt. Though <laughs> no. No, it does open no. doors. But then I wouldn't have met the guy who introduced me to the bands who inspired me to so exactly you know yeah, I, life I, takes you i pre-told you how i got into radio before we got on the air and it's like yeah. yep i mean it's what i wanted to do but it took me t- that was 20 years after i decided i wanted to do it that whole conversation i told you about yeah so you never really know where you're gonna go i know you gotta stay open right i did yeah so life in pinkney or you know that's i've been there my, my brother-in-law lived there for a while before they moved to dexter so beautiful there. there yeah it is mm-hmm. woodsy i know you're an outdoorsy kind of person i am yeah it's a good place that's for you. where i fell in love with uh, that's kind of always been my safe space mm-hmm. the woods so yeah it, that's stuck with me and now ypsilanti is home ypsilanti's home for a while now yeah i think i'm going on 12 or 13 years now in ypsy what brought you here well initially it was ann arbor oh. um after college, I kind of made my way there. It took me a little while. Um, I'm trying to remember how. Oh, gosh, it was a whole escapade. I My my best friend, Matt Jones, uh, who's my also my drummer, mm-hmm. way back then, uh, we met at an ARC open mic night, randomly went to the ARC. Um, and after... We became friends. So funny. I've not thought about this stuff in a while. So forgive me if I'm like stuttering through it. Um, We met and became friends. And then we moved to Minneapolis together, which was a big part of inspiration for my first record. You can hear a little bit of that uh, flowing through it. Um, And when we got back from Minneapolis, that didn't last very long. And when we got back, I kind of just knew I wanted to stay in Ann Arbor and plant some roots there for a minute. And I worked at a very well-known downtown bar for many years called Old Town Tavern. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, th- yeah. <laughs> so I, I worked there for about eleven years and um, just kind of sunk into the community and into the music scene there. And um, at some point, I think I'd moved in with a boyfriend halfway to Ann Arbor, and then that didn't work out. And then I made my way to Ipsy because mostly because you know it got expensive in Ann Arbor. Yes. 
but now I love Ipsy. I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's where I work now too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not just because of the podcast. This isn't work. This is fun. Actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, not just music, but photography is a big part of who you are as well. So if someone goes to your website, they can see that clearly you do both. Yeah. When did photography become a thing? That's actually kind of recent. Um, I was working at the bar and just knew that I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I didn't. I was like picturing myself at 50. I Oh, here's a, a time I did that. I, lo- I thought about myself at 50. <laughs> and... I'm discovering all these new things about it's myself closer right than now. it was then. Yeah, right. So much closer. Um, yeah. And I was like, I just, I don't want to be bartending when I'm 50. So what do I want to do? And I didn't know. And it was terrifying. But I knew I had to quit to find out because I was just so entrenched in that community there, mm-hmm. which I loved. So I just quit without knowing what was next. And um, that was when Instagram was like kind of new and fun. And like, I just... noticed that I loved editing the photos on my phone and I kind of fell in love with it. And I was like, well, maybe I'll take some photography classes, you know, at Washtenaw Community College. And I did it and I just fell in love with it. And it was like, it was one of the, it's kind of like music in that I started, I had a knack for it and then it kind of blossomed luckily quickly for me, you know? So it's been wonderful. That's how that happened. You've had some pretty good opportunities with your photography. It's not just, you know, there's a lot of people who take photos. Yeah. Obviously, you're good enough to do, like, I've seen you at the Leon Loft recording with Rob oh, Reinhardt, yeah. and you've, you know, done lots of band photos for, for artists and yeah. uh, backstage at the Ark and whatever. I mean, you're, you're all over the place. It's, it's, it's really wonderful, yeah. It takes a little while to establish yourself in any career, but it seemed like that happened pretty quick for you. Yeah, I think that it had a lot to do with the fact that I'm a musician and had some connections just because I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. And also, because I'm a musician, it makes me... Uh, really good at that kind of photography because I just understand the world yeah. and I understand what's interesting and what's not. And so at least I hope that comes through in my photos. So, yeah. Did I, I don't know. Did, was that it? Was that the answer to that Yeah, question? I think that's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we may circle back around to photography okay, later. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. So at some point you start making music, you start writing your own music. Did you form a band because you needed a band to play your songs or did you always envision yourself fronting a band? I have always wanted a band. Um, I've always, even from the time I wrote my first song, I heard a band playing. That's how I write. So that's why I like playing solo now. I feel a little bit like I want to do this disclaimer, like this is written for a six-piece band. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like we feel a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff happening and a lot of talented people involved. Um, But I don't do that because I also think the songs, you know, when they're stripped bare, they hold something different and kind of cool too. That's how you wrote it. Yeah. So it's, um, Tom Petty was my first like deep music love. And it was like my dream to have like a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers connection to my band. Like I've always wanted a band forever. Mm -hmm. Same people. Yeah. I didn't want to just play with people. I wanted a band, you know, and that's been one thing that actually has happened for me. I've been playing with the same people for 15 years. Might be an excellent time to name them. Yes, I would love to. Um, <laughs> we should recognize these excellent people. Yeah, as I said. Besides Matt Jones. <laughs> yeah, Matt Jones on the drums. Um, actually, when we fir- when I first started playing, he was my first bandmate. He was he played guitar with me initially, but then as the band grew, he, he played bass for a little while, and now he's the drummer. He's been the drummer for a very long time. Um, we have Carol Gray 
she plays fiddle and does percussion and sings backup, beautiful backup vocals. Um, and then Jim Roll was the bass player for over a decade. And we, and he just recently decided to move on to other things. So my new bass player, who is absolutely a joy, uh, is Tim Monger, Timothy Monger. He's also a songwriter, wonderful songwriter with a record coming out in June. Timothy Monger State Park is the name of his band. Um, he was in another band before that. Yeah, a very a legendary Michigan band called yeah. Great Lakes Myth Society. Mm-hmm. Um, miss them very much. Um, and then we've got, who else is in my band? We've got Mary Fraser is also kind of a new add-on to the band. Um, she joined in 2019, just before the pandemic. I think we got through the summer with her that year, and it was wonderful. She plays keys. She sings. Um and just like when she joined the band, I, find, I it felt complete. Like there was, she was the missing piece. You know, I didn't know I didn't I didn't know I had a missing piece, but then she joined, and it, I just love love having her in the band so much. Um, am I forgetting anyone? I think. Oh, God, he's gonna kill me. Ryan Gimpert is my guitar player, <laughs> electric guitar, sometimes pedal steel. Very rare these days, but in the early days, we did that a lot. Um, phenomenal guitar player, also in Will Sessions very well-known band from Detroit and also a wonderful DJ and a reggae aficionado. Look at that. Yeah. Pretty well-rounded band. So I've got, yeah. I've got the first album with the artwork. So we'll show that to the cameras. This is what the first album looks like. You've seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> this one I have with me. That one, actually, the artwork has a cool story. Um, Tell me the story. Yeah. That one, way back then, um, there's a man named Jack Spack. Do you know Jack by no, any chance? No, I don't. He lives in Dexter, also a musician. Um, I haven't seen him play in many years now, but back then he was part of the music scene and he would have these art nights on his farm and people would just go make art. And one night there was a night dedicated to my record and the theme was yellow flowers because there's something in a book, 100 Years of Solitude, where the, it rains yellow flowers. <laughs> and so they every if you open up the, the panels... Oh that! Oh wow! That should be worth something. This okay. is this is we made. <laughs> wow! This isn't. I'll have to get you one. This isn't it. This is what we printed like quickly to go on tour. This is before. I think it's on a CDR actually. Yeah, possibly. Yes, we, we, we print. Me. We did that ourselves because we the CDs didn't come in time for us when we le- were leaving for tour. Well, so we made these to sell on the road. That's so funny. Wow. That's what you sent me at the radio station Look at with, with that. this little handwritten love note. I it's sent, not really a love note. I was so on it back then. I sent things. You did. I have a note. <gasps> Look at that. John, get out of here. <laughs> well, this is my podcast. This is bringing back so many memories. Oh, my God. That's great. But, yeah, so in the, in the I would say, real one, this is like pre-printing, um, you open it up, and there's many panels. Yeah. And each panel is like a, a piece of art somebody made that was the theme of yellow flowers and it's like just scanned and so it's really personal and cool close to my heart nice. yeah then the band name how did that come about the band name i don't even know honestly uh i just remember in the beginning we had a, um, a cellist her name was colette alexander amazing cellist um like she she plays all over the world she plays with like josh groban and etc people ryan adams Somehow she played in my band in the beginning. She's on the first record, but she she named it, I think. I think hmm. we were just like sitting around. She's like, what about the big beautiful? And we just all liked how it sounded, you know? 
My memory bank remembers it sometimes being printed or listed as not the big beautiful, just big beautiful. Like the the was missing. Like that seems weird. Hmm. It seems like there should be well, a the there. The. There's a the. Yeah, no, there's yeah. a the, but I always felt like I saw it without the the. I'm like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, I see Linda Big Beautiful. No. Huh? Shame, shame on them. <laughs> People messed up. Mm-hmm. Well, this was 2009, and so then another record came out called False Honey in late 2012. False Honey. Yeah. And then a bit of a gap. <laughs> the one that was recorded, yeah. I understand, that's coming out later this year, Alms for Sots. We'll talk uh, about that. Yes. We'll talk about that a little well, bit later. Well, the rough mixes are coming out for the Kickstarter uh, supporters. But, yeah, so in 2014, so a couple of years after False Honey, we started Alms for Sots. And uh, I think, was it 2014? Something like that, 2014, 2015. And we were almost done recording it or we we had made good headway and I wouldn't say it's it was almost done but um and uh my life just kind of fell apart and I was also doing a podcast back then and I just everything stopped I I separated from a long-term relationship and then had to move I was in Oak Park for a minute in Michigan and had to move back to Ipsy and was dealing with a lot of mental health stuff and I just couldn't do anything and so that record was put on pause then I got in this car accident which uh it's in my notes <laughs> that'll I stop you for a little while too yeah, yeah. it's a rough few years um so after the accident I, after I had recovered a couple of years later I just wanted to start something new and I just left alms for sets and I had a bunch of new stuff I wanted to work on so we did Nero's so, and then Narrows, we were in the middle of recording it, and then the pandemic happened, and years and years go by. They, they did. Know? We're three yeah, years past the start time Isn't at this point. Isn't that crazy? Point. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm still trying to catch up. I know. Yep. Me too. Well, 10 new songs <laughs> released at the beginning of this year, positive reviews all over the place, and lots of publications and Fuel online. Lust, yeah. Like, wow, I was... I felt like I was, how come I haven't heard it yeah. yet? <laughs> Everyone else is talking about how great this record is. I got to hear the record. Yeah. So I reached out and said, hey. I, um, apparently I forgot how to send them. I, well, I knew to do that with well, the first one. I'm not on a radio station anymore, so that's probably why you didn't think to. But you, you reached out to the right guy at that station. He got you on. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, why did you record this one in Kalamazoo instead of locally? How? What was that decision? Uh, the first two I recorded with Jim Roll, who mm. was also my bass player. I just wanted to uh, not have someone in the band also be engineering the record. I wanted new ears on it. Okay. And I um, I loved in particular, Ian Gorman is the man's name who, who runs La Luna. And uh, he did this record with Seth Bernard, another Michigan artist called, oh God, am I going to remember the name of it? it's gonna really i'm really bummed right now i can't remember the name of the record but he had done this beautiful record with ian and i love the production on it and i could just tell there was love in it you know and i I was like i'm just gonna go try it with this guy i know that he he does good work so ian was absolutely amazing like i don't i honestly wouldn't want to work with anyone else i loved it i loved it that much yeah fantastic Mm mm-hmm well, the themes on this album seem to jump between relationships, religion, and that sort of like, both of those things are kind of intertwined in this record. I would counter spirituality. Spirituality, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, yeah I guess it wasn't specifically a religion. It was, yeah, yeah you're right. Mitchell Times was very good to point out that light appears a lot yeah. on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because of the accident? 
or just because of revelations <clears throat> or not conscious? Yeah, I mean, I guess definitely the, the accident had some part in me changing. Uh, just uh, like so many aspects of it were humbling. And like the last, like the song I played is about, you know, the receiving of love and how it's hard to deal with that sometimes, you know. All of that reshaped me and, you know, uh, a lot of my old cynicism and um, I would say kind of immature ways of viewing the world fell away. And uh, so more naturally, this side of me came out. You know, I'm not saying, I, I definitely still have some dark songs in me, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, for some reason, this span of songs uh, that that we chose for the record, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't intentional, you know, it just so happened. And I don't even know if I noticed that that until Jeff Milo, the man who wrote that article, brought it up, you know, that there's a lot of light on it. I was like, oh, that's kind of nice, you know. Yeah, unintentional and and grateful that I have that perspective to pull from now, whereas before it was kind of... Uh, sloshing around in the darkness and trying to process things that have happened to me that were not good but somehow now i i have access to this joy and and gratitude yeah oh, nice mm -hmm. was spirituality something that you would have described yourself at prior to the accident or is that inspired? oh yeah yeah i've that's not really a new theme for you then just no it's a always bit been more in present. there yeah i just feel i feel like i enjoy the mystery you know uh and I find strength in, in my knowledge for myself that there's something bigger than myself. I don't need to name it. No. But, yeah. We get small when we walk into God's house, though. That's right. So People says trip, the get tripped up on that word, man. But, and it, yeah, it doesn't mean, it's not heavy to me. It's not heavy. Very good. <clears throat> Let's take a break from the chat and have you do another song. Okay. Tell me what it is and what yeah. a, what's it about. This one is a, a newer one that I've been playing... Frog there. In our live shows, I do this with the with Mary and Carol. Um, I wrote this. I think I might. I wrote it right before the pandemic. Maybe it's called "Grief Is a Chorus," and it's just about how I just thought, you know there's so much grief in the world that people aren't refuse to process. They numb themselves and they shut it down, either because they're scared to feel it or they don't have time to feel it like this culture doesn't really let you process your grief properly you know we when we have to just go 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 and we're like actually destroyed inside you know so this song's kind of about that um it's about grief and and how it can come out sideways uh if you don't you know it'll sneak up on you if you don't let yourself process um yeah and how grief is just this undercurrent to our lives, and it just means that we loved. <coughs> comes, comes with a free frog. And it comes with the frog in my throat. Um, let me try to remember how it starts. Hit the ground 
Put on a smiling face for the people in this town Some days there's just no time to take on a heavy load What I'm learning is it catches you down the road It'll open your heart up like a flower in the sun It'll burn all the pages in your stories one by one It'll tumble like a prayer onward to the edge of time Grief is just a sleeping landmine. I didn't shed a tear the day my daddy passed away. So many people searching in my eyes. The truth is, I cried all of. Confirms the prison, so they say. All these backward devils got me thinking I'm running late. But when I take a deep breath and I spend a little time, I can feel this spiral in my stomach unwind. I guess you feel what you feel when your heart is ready to heal. I said, I guess I feel what I feel when my heart is ready. There's a new silence in my body these days All the electricity, it came out sideways Now I'm sitting in the emptiness, singing old songs Grateful to relieve some of this pressure in my lungs is a chorus it's been singing all along grief is a chorus it's been singing all along grief is a chorus it's been singing all along grief is a chorus it's been singing all along Beautiful and heavy at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a little bit of both in there. Like you said, uh, 
The darkness and the light. Yeah. 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 I like it's it. like life. Grief is a chorus. Yes. That is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. How new is that? Um, well, it's not recorded on anything yet. Like I said, we've been playing it. We, we do it live sometimes in quieter settings. But yeah, maybe a couple years old. Okay. If it feels new to me still. Yes. Yeah. The focus <laughs> on narrows. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Glad to hear it before it's uh, released to the general public. Oh, you've been playing yeah. it live. So there's that. <laughs> so I know because you've released physical media, I'm guessing the answer to this question is yes. But is sequencing important to you of your album in the digital age? Because it is the digital age. I still prefer the physical compact or I guess final but it's funny you should ask that um I love a, I, I I value it uh but there's a funny story with narrows actually with the sequencing of the songs I just like I just kept hitting walls with putting it out and that's why it took so long to get out many reasons many excuses blah 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 and uh one of the things that kept tripping me up was the sequence, you know. And one night, I was so sick of it. I was so sick of listening to it. I was sick of thinking about it. And I was like, I, I'm just going to number them, put all the numbers in a jar, pull really? them out, and that's the order. And that's <laughs> okay. the order they're in. I would have changed it if I thought it didn't work, but it happens to be perfect in my mind. Like, I couldn't believe how perfect it was. It and, works. Yeah. I mean, so I, I highly recommend just a jar, jar. and some numbers. <laughs> One to ten, yep. there you go. That's it. I mean, I, I guess I kind of ask because I wonder how artists like yourself think about the, okay, I mean, you, you, you've you sent previously to a radio station your other records. Whether you yeah. did that to this one, I don't know if you sent it to any local stations. But, like, yeah. do you think about Hanging on by a thread. what are they going to hear first? Like, sometimes yeah, they only yeah, hear yeah. the first couple songs and they go, eh, and they move yes, on. Because yeah. they've only got so much time. So, for me, what is your, before I tell you what my favorite song on the record is, what is your favorite song on the record? It's probably, it's a sleeper. Uh, Daniel's my favorite song it's on a the nice record. One. Yeah, um, for many reasons. But uh, the favorite I'm finding for others is Keep on the Light. I like that one too? Yeah. Mine's smaller. Oh, wonderful. I, I think it You're belongs, the first one who said that. I think That's that belongs great. higher up in the track listing, which is kind of why oh. I'm bringing up the track listing. I feel like that needs to be heard before I get to the end of the record because it just it, it makes me feel good or something about that yeah, song. Yeah, that one's got a little bounce to it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. If I were doing a radio show, that's the song I would have picked to play on the radio like oh, initially right off the bat. Nice. First, first listen through my... I get that. That's get the radio that. Yeah, that does seem like a radio song. I don't know yeah. if I can listen to music anymore without thinking of that. I'm I often, sure. I've been doing it so long, it's just how I think. It but makes sense. I still enjoy music just to listen to it, not to think about that part of it. But, you know, yeah. I always put a little like... I might rate it as a number like, this is the best song. This yeah. is a pretty good song. This is a song I wouldn't play, you know, whatever. Yeah. But just... Um, I would never have thought of it in like, uh, like I wouldn't have ever, when sequencing a record, I would never think what is somebody who might play it going to think of the first couple songs. Like that would never enter my head. Okay. Just curious. I'm not good at thinking about that kind of, I'm kind of a brat about not, I just do what I want. It's your record. It's your record. I'm kind of a brat about it. It's not the world. I'm always like, I don't care what you think, you know? (laughs) So, Yeah. As I'm listening to the record as well, I hear the song, uh, You Wouldn't Know Me. And I don't mm. know that you would know this artist, but your vocal tone on that one reminds me a lot of an Irish singer-songwriter by the name of Eleanor McAvoy, who I really enjoy. No, Very underground over on this side of the world. Released, I think her t- first two albums came out over here 
and then everything else has been more or less like an import to come over. And she's continued to make records. But when I heard you sing them, like, that sounds like Eleanor. She would not know Eleanor McAvoy. No, I don't. That's great, though. <laughs> but I it, it, it called me, it just brought that, that tone to mind. Yeah. So back to, uh, because we're talking about the records that have come out since the, the first two, Alms for Sots has been recorded, but not finished technically like you've got the Definitely demos not finished, you're yeah. giving that Rough to the tricks. yeah you're giving that to your your kickstarter donors but if yeah. I, if i go to your soundcloud page it says it's coming soon so does that yes mean it's getting... well i left myself that opening i feel like <laughs> i might just put it up on Bandcamp and not have it streaming anywhere else like on spotify and such um just as like because i feel like hardcore like if you really want to hear misty lynn and the big beautiful you know about Bandcamp probably yeah and uh that way, there's not rough tracks floating out in the, you know. Yeah. I'm a little picky about that. Even though, honestly, I've really loved listening to this. Um, my f- uh, good friend, Greg McIntosh, who actually was also in the Great Lakes Myth Society, is mastering the rough tracks so that they sound good online. Um, and I've enjoyed listening to this record. It was nice to revisit it. And we do play some of those songs live. Um, but, yeah, there, it was from a real well-defined era in my life and i can feel it when i listen to it so you don't want to finish it i don't know i don't know i gosh man i just i'm having trouble getting to 2023 like am i gonna go back to 2014 and finish i don't know i'd love to if i had all the time and money in the world i would do it for like in a heartbeat yeah but do i want to put that those resources into something that's if you're not gonna promote there, it i, I guess don't know not. yeah i don't know i don't know maybe we could do like a more low-key finishing of it like in in a basement or something that might be fun there you go yeah about songwriting are you one that struggles with it do you have a lot of ideas that float around does it take you a long time to write a song hmm they just come when they come it's a little different now than it used to be uh they come when they come i have to actively be playing a lot just like fiddling around which i don't do a whole lot of it comes in spurts. It's like, I call it songwriting phases, you know. <laughs> they usually come in batches. But um, it's, I kind of just let it do what it's going to do. I don't have an idea. I don't sit down and want to write a song about something. Like, I don't know. What, sometimes I don't know what the song's about till it's done. Um, it's very much like a sort of a channeling process for me. Just let things flow out of my body and mouth. So I can only do it when I'm alone because I do weird stuff, you know, <laughs> repeat things a lot. And yeah, it's a it's a really nice. I feel like it's kind of like a dance with the mystery and I love the mystery. So, yeah. Well, lyrics tend to be personal things, but melodies, I mean, those are they have to come from somewhere. Do you ever find yourself going, is that somebody else's melody when you're when you're writing a song? Or do you I've feel- had that happen before, but not a whole lot. Yeah. No, I feel like, I mean, it might sound weird to say, but I feel like I'm so not interested in sounding like anybody else. And I know that some people try to sound like, like they really love artists and they try to emulate a little bit. I've just never had that. Like I've always just let what's coming come. And I think obviously I'm influenced by what maybe I'm listening to at the time or something, but not directly, not consciously. Yeah. So no, yeah. What do you listen to? I mean, we mentioned a couple of bands that influenced your decision to pick this oh. genre, I suppose. But what is your, yeah, that your go-to? Was, that's that's yeah, another it lifetime. It changes a lot. I listen to a lot of different stuff. Um, I, at the moment, 
it's so fun. It's kind of out of character, but I've been listening to a guy called Trevor Hall a lot. Kind um, of just rec- love him. Yeah, not anymore. He's oh. kind of like more. He has a lot of Eastern mysticism okay. in his lyrics, and I I kind of relate to that a lot. I lean toward the Eastern religions if I'm if I'm leaning anyway in mm-hmm. religious areas. Um, so yeah, he just really kind of saved me in a, in a rough spot, like something about his authenticity. I think he just is who he is. Even I could see my former self kind of not liking him cause he was cheesy or something, you know, but I'm just like all open now, you know, if it hits me, it hits me. I've seen him live and it was wonderful. And, but he, I, he wouldn't be like an influence on my writing cause it's so different. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anybody recently that I'm. Even if you're not influenced, just what are you enjoying? Yeah. What, what is your like? I know. Uh, don't you find that when people ask you I've that, your so mind much. goes blank? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Immediately. Why does it happen? I've got piles of records to listen to right now. I'm oh actually just gosh. like listening to records of people I'm about to interview. So yeah. spending a lot of time with your records. I've got Sam yeah. Robbins from, I think he's from New Hampshire. I actually haven't looked it up yet, but he's my next that guest. That sounds very familiar. Interesting. Played, played Trinity House. He's got a couple gigs coming up next month. Okay. And then I've got a duo who I can't actually remember the name of what they call themselves, but it's Sean McConnell and Garrison Starr, who've got a, she's got a ton of records of her own, and he's got a pretty good handful too. So I'm like trying to immerse myself in their music so that when they get here, yeah. But I have like other things I what want to do. What wonderful research to do. That's yes. great. Well, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm like just soaking it. I want to. I want to. Yeah. I want to be able to talk about it intelligently. But your yeah. your whether your tastes influence what you're going to play too. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to know where your music comes from when I don't know what you listen to and if it's just coming from within. Well, my first lot, like there's my first love is Neil Young, Forever and Ever. Um, Tom Petty, obviously. These are like old, old influences though. Like they've been in me for a while. So if I'm thinking of newer, what do I listen to every day? John? (laughs) Um, Podcasts? I don't know. I love just hitting, like I'll go on Spotify, which I actually hate in my body that I... (laughs) that I use but I do but I I like to let it play the radio like I'll pick a song I like and I'll make like that song radio yeah. and then it I like to hear new stuff so yeah, sometimes I never know the name of the song I just heard that I liked <laughs> you know I'm really bad like that I should pay more attention but there's a guy named Sam I almost want to pick my phone up and look it's Vile that I there's like Cass McCombs never heard of him yeah. really like him um but even that isn't what I'm listening to right now. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to look at my Spotify <laughs> right now because it's driving me crazy that I don't know what I'm listening to. Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm into instrumental stuff. That's why I can't think of it right now. There's a there's a group called... These guys are great. Let's see if I can get the name right. Hermanos Guterres. Brothers Guitar. Guitar Brothers? So I don't think that that actually means guitar. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z. Hmm, sure and that, I love their stuff. Cool. It's amazing. It, it is two brothers. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Just picking up my Spotify is dumb because it's been t- taken over by what I call my spirit music mm. that I play when I go to bed. <laughs> so it's all like... Tibetan singing bowls and you know like that's not it that's not what I'm listening to but Sam that, Evian maybe his name is Sam Evian does that going, sound familiar does not that doesn't mean he's a, a real person he's probably a real person I just don't know him I, can't I love know local music like you know like Timothy Monger uh, Mary Fraser who's in my band is uh, her band's called Child Sleep 
love local stuff. I've always kind of really felt more attached to like local stuff, like Great Lakes, Mississippi. My favorite band in the world is the High Strong from Detroit. Um, so always, always have that in my back pocket too. I think that is actually on page two. Oh. <laughs> is there a page two? I swear I rented two pages. I did. I just forgot the unhide nice. one. Nice. While I unveil page two, which is going to fall over because I don't have it behind the glass. <laughs> I was going to ask about bands that you would like to work with, maybe sing with, and I have a feeling that they would be one of them. I have worked. I have worked with them. I've photographed them. I've been on stage with them singing their songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Are there other bands that you'd like to do that with? Oh, God. You know, to be totally honest, performing does not come easily to me. And uh, I'm not... A musician's musician I'm a songwriter and uh, I can't just jump in and be in your band I'm a song I write my own songs and I yeah. have a band because God bless them yeah. you know yeah. Uh, yeah so I would love to be able to do that I'm not sure what I, I could sing I sing in Matt Jones's band how did I forget that Matt Jones and the reconstruction yeah, that's, I do that's, sing in, his that's band. in the notes yeah <laughs> so <Member of. laughs> yes I would love to be in many bands uh, but I have never developed the, like, I don't jam. I'm just not that kind of musician. That's not who you are. Yeah. Okay. Well, we talked about music. We talked about photography a little bit. We Before we started recording, talked about a podcast. Tell me a little bit about the 52 Portraits oh. and the potential revival, it sounds like. Maybe you'll get to finish. Oh, I would love to. That is, like, my favorite thing I've ever done. And that includes music, photography, wow. everything. It was so profound to me. I decided... I wanted to work on my portraiture and I was like, I'm going to do a project. The year before this, I had done a 300, 365 project where you take photos every day. And it was such, it taught me so much to commit to it like that. I learned so much and I was like, well, I want to get better at portraits. Let's do a portrait project. And then I was like, I've always wanted to, I've been wanting, I crave conversations with people. And this was especially after the last three years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is before that, but yeah, like, and I really wanted to focus on women, just leaning into like women's stories and the voices of inspiring women. So I put this thing up on Facebook that said, you know, I wanted people to suggest people to interview. And it was such an overwhelming, wonderful response. Many, many suggestions. And then the person who suggested, if I picked the person, the, the person who suggested the inspiring woman would write down why. And so, and I would read that to the woman at the beginning of each podcast, you know? So yeah, I just got to meet so many wonderful people. And, uh, I think I got halfway. I think there's 25 that are done, but it was such a massive project because I, and I didn't realize what I was getting into. It was like, I took the photos. I would go to their house, take the photos, be prepared to do a podcast, record the podcast, edit the podcast, and then edit all the photos, put them all online you know, it was just a huge job yeah. to think you can do that once a week is really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I didn't finish it again. That was at the same time that I stopped Alms for Sots when my life just kind of went yeah. for a little while. But, yeah, I would love to. It's been on my mind. Um, I don't know if I would call it that still, um, but I, I'm very interested in lifting up women's voices. And um, But I also want to talk to whoever I want to talk to. So mm. we'll see what happens. 
while they're still available to hear for now, I read something in the last week that you're yeah. kind of like renew it for a year and then you don't know what's going to happen after that. Yeah. Well, somebody actually was going to, it was going to expire and I was, I felt at peace with it. I was like, it's been out for a while and you know, that's, it's fine. And then I just posted, if you want to listen, you got two more days. And then some wonderful anonymous person wanted to fund <laughs> the uh, SoundCloud. It's on SoundCloud right now uh, for another year. They just asked, you know, how much does it cost? I want to, I want it to stay up. And I was like, well, God bless. It's <laughs> wonderful. You can so take the audio and load the audio only up to YouTube and just put like a static picture with it too. It's That's another, good to know. Another See, way to just I don't save know that. it. Well, it's, you know, little tips from me. Yeah, Glad I love help. it. Thank you. <laughs> I learned things from you. I had time to listen to a couple of them. I don't get a lot of time to listen to talking because I'm always listening to music. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned, I mean, sadly, I learned about your anxiety by listening to, I think, oh. the one with May. And that you want your art to be healing, which I think is very, very yeah, nice. That's the that's the like ultimate hope. Yeah. How much does the anxiety get in the way of wanting to be a performer more? Do you want to be a performer? Like, that's not really oh, your Lord. day job, right? That's not what you do well, for... Well, kind of. It, that and photography together last year paid the bills. Good. Thank God. But um, I just want... It's almost like I... Because I started so late, I've never really given myself... I've never allowed myself to picture myself as a full-time musician or... I don't know, I was kind of felt behind my entire uh, musical life. And uh, I just lost the train of th- my train of thought. Where was I going with that? What was the question, John? Whether anxiety <laughs> getting in the way. Oh, that. Did I just cause it by asking that question? Oh, I'm sorry. God. That, that no, wasn't my no, intention. No, no. I'm just, that it, this happens. I'm, I'm, I'm older now. Um, I'm older. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Can't be that much older. Nice. Congratulations. That's a good age. Well, only the video people got to see that number. <laughs> people listening to the audio Better don't check know. Check that out. Don't know how many fingers I put up. That's right. Um, when it comes to performing, it's it's always been a challenge, um, like major challenge, the anxiety. But uh, these days, less so. I. I have found I've had I've had some reprieve from anxiety for a while now, maybe a year, and it's so wonderful. There are other things to deal with <laughs> other than anxiety, but yeah. um so it's actually helped me enjoy my performance more. Like I there's a new um surrender that I ha- that I'm capable of before play- performing. Uh, that is really nice to be able to tap into. And it's then I can be in the moment and enjoy what I'm doing. As a photographer, who's your go-to photographer when you need pictures of you or your band? Do you <laughs> Doug Coombe is the legendary. Doug, yes. That man, if, if, if he didn't exist, <laughs> I don't, I, there would be no photos of my life. Because <laughs> he hasn't just taken photos of me and my band. He's taken photos of me in a crowd at one of my favorite shows or like me and my friends at a, at these, like I think of going to shows as like going to church mm-hmm. if it's one of my favorite bands. Oh, and yeah. I love having memories of that stuff. You know, I wouldn't have them cause I'm like there screaming my head off or like sweating and you know, and Doug's always there, man. Doug Coombe. I got a picture that you've taken that I use in my playlist for my, I think, you know, maybe you don't, but I do a YouTube video playlist every week that yeah. kind of emulates what my radio show would have yeah, been yeah. if it continued. But, 
while the videos are playing of me talking, I have just like pictures of me, and one of them is the one you took backstage at the Ark when I was talking to May. Oh, and I use that. So it's a beautiful black and white shot that you you shared yeah. with me at one point. Isn't it nice to yes. have it? Yeah, that's I what I love. I don't have a lot of pictures of myself that I like, but you took one of them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> ben Weatherston took one. I'm of them. I'm honored. Yeah. Ben Weatherston, love that guy. Where is he? Because <laughs> he was. I awesome. know actually. I because I was like. I because I love his photography. That's so good. And I just reached out because I just hadn't heard his name in a while, and he was like, he just stopped. He doesn't shoot I don't anymore. Know why he did. He's so good. Something else came along. He didn't get paid for it well Photography's enough. Photography's <laughs> hard, man. Yeah. I mean, just the uh, it costs a lot to be a photographer. That's it. Do you have a favorite place you like to shoot pictures when you're doing like band photos for people or wherever they want? Uh promo photos are. I usually try to work. I don't have a favorite spot for that. I I love asking. My favorite part of photography is working with pe- people that are creative. And it's the best photo shoots are good because you both had input into what it was going to be. If you have a client that wants you to come up with everything, it's just not going to be as good because input from your life is what makes your authenticity and your personality come through in the photo, you know. So, yeah, usually it's the best ones are when a band has a little bit of an idea of what they're going for, a mood, a place. That, that, that's my favorite when there's a collaboration happening. Do you spend much time scouting? Like if somebody said, I want photos in I a scout. cemetery or something. I scout, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's a fun part of the job mm-hmm. sometimes, depending on, on uh, what it what, I'm just going to leave that alone. It's always fun. It's always fun, and I love it. Get into trouble, too, <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. Let's not get in trouble. Okay. <laughs> uh, you've also, on your bio and your website, mentioned a few of the you know national touring acts that you've toured with. What's mm. been some of your favorite memories of doing those kind of opening slots? Um, I never toured with anyone. I just had like little, strange little one-offs. And honestly... My favorite one, I think probably because of the circumstances, was when Marshall Crenshaw came to Ipsy and played this little songwriter, something which I should know more about because I live in Ipsy, but I don't know about it. There's like some songwriter thing they do, or they used to do in the before times. At the library, right? Yeah, but it was this was like in the basement of, uh, it was Bonacera then. It's Bobcat Bonnie's now. Mm-hmm. Um and I got this slot, and it was my first show after the accident. And uh, so I had to, I was like still hurt, and I like hobbled down these stairs, and I did a, in a solo acoustic set, which is rare for me. It was back then, especially. And uh, it was just like a silent crowd, and it was like maybe the most at peace I've ever been on stage. Mm. And just because, you know, you almost die. Yeah nothing's going to scare you in that moment, you know, and w- when you're in the ripples from that happening. It was just really beautiful. I loved being back in Ipsy and wonderful crowd, and it was just profound to me, even though it was only like, you know, six songs or something. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of songs, did you want to play another new one, you said? Oh. You have a guitar. Yeah. What song do you want to do? Whatever, Whatever you feel like. Well, I was now that you said you like smaller, I was like, well, I could Do maybe it. play smaller. Do it. Yeah, let's try it. Feel taller. I haven't played this one in, in a beat, so. That's a solo. I hate I hate when people do that, though. Like, who cares? If I mess it up. Seriously. Oh, don't. <laughs> I can't reach. 
Ooh, there we go. that's really loose now. now Do I turn is. this? The, there's a little lock there, yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Putting you to work. That's the least I can do. Oh, <sighs> see how it wants to do that, though? It's drifting. It's this what? one up here. Oh. The gold one at the top. That's what <laughs> I thought. I was trying to do that. It won't. It won't. It's already as tight as... Oh. All right, we got it. Sit down. I hope so. I just won't. I'll try not to ram it with my rock song. <laughs> Turn up the amps. Tell me about what inspired this song as you're prepping there. This actually, I wrote this um, for my... Uh, think I, was, I had my ex in mind when we were still together. He's, um, he's a wonderful person. We're still friends. We share a dog. But he... He was, he had a PhD and was like, couldn't find a job, man. It was crazy. He was like applying and applying and applying, overqualified, overqualified. And uh, he was thinking about med school. And it's funny that a PhD is not enough. Um, hmm. And I was just like kind of sending him love when I was writing this, uh, picturing him finding the place that he's supposed to be, you know. And just like, you know, it wasn't just that. Like I, sometimes I'll start with a little spark like that and then like other pictures come in when I'm writing it and just like, you know, picturing people and like I have a very specific scene in my mind when I play this one for some reason, this section of river that I walk by all the time. And yeah, so it's multiple influences, but like the soul of it is just wishing a friend uh, well in, in finding their path. It's called Smaller. It was supposed to be called when the world gets smaller and um i got lazy when we were making when we were doing the like artwork and i just it just had the, that was the name of the like working title <laughs> just left it so now you know smaller i love it when the world gets smaller I love it when the trees get taller I love it when the river bends I love you, friend I love it when we're out past midnight I love the first snow and starlight I love it when the broken mends I love you, friend
Perfect little ditty like that, yeah. you know, it works very well. Yeah, that's that. that a little shorter than that. On the uh, on the record, there's some beautiful harmonies, and there's an outro that's really nice. And I believe that might be the only song there's a Rickenbacker on, which I love. <laughs> there's like a ring, that beautiful ringy tone that Rickenbackers have. Yeah. Thank you for doing that for me. Yeah, you're and welcome. I'm glad remi- you like it. It reminds us that we need to tell our friends we love them too. Hell yeah. Because that right, we don't especially know, these days. We don't know when we're going to get in an accident or have COVID. We or, don't know. So yeah, thank you for that's what it does for me is it reminds me that you know the people that are important to me I should tell them. Oh, so that th- means a lot to hear. Thank you for telling me. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for spending time with me today. What's next? What are you doing? What's the next adventure for the? You know, that's a good question. Um, I've been very picky about booking, um, only doing things that really resonate. I have this like. I really just want to allow new things to come in. I have wonderful things that I play every year and I'm kind of letting some of them go and uh, seeing what comes, what comes to fill the space, you know, but we have a really fun August booked um, with many exciting shows. So that's cool. But before then I'm just kind of seeing what comes like, it's funny when I don't actively book it's kind of fun to see what ends up in the email, like like something cool popped up yesterday, you know, um, which didn't work out, but we're still working on a date. So maybe some, there and it would be within the, in the next few months. So just who knows? I don't know. I don't have anything to plug. I don't think I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I'm so bad. There's a new record and it's available where? Yeah, man. It's available everywhere. Everywhere you stream. Uh, you can get it on Bandcamp is the best for artists. Um it's mistylin.bandcamp.com. Especially on Bandcamp Fridays. Yes, especially on Bandcamp Fridays, which is not every Friday, but no. there's special Fridays. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Sure. That's when the artist gets all of the proceeds. But I want you to have it no matter what. So you can stream it on Spotify or um, Apple, uh, you know, all the places. Hmm. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for spending time with me. Thanks, John. It's been such a pleasure. Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, the home of the podcast, and it's a spot that you can find if you're in a band that, uh, well, you know, there's a place to practice here, and you don't have to know your neighbors. This place is awesome, you guys. I just want to say that in a definitive way. (laughs) It's really cool in here. She has seen it. Yes. Uh, 24-7 operation keypad available for your convenience. If you want to be here at 2 in the morning, that's up to you. If you want to be here at 2 in the afternoon, that's also up to you. (laughs) Nice people run it. They've been very kind to me, and so has Misty Lynn. Thank you for playing songs again, and uh, I wish you well with this record. Thank you. More podcasts coming soon, and hopefully they're all, uh, you know, making you happy. (laughs) 